Are you being forced to change jobs soon? Or wanting to tweak your career path just a bit? Or maybe you're transitioning from the military? Look, everyone's experience with a career change is unique and often stressful, but you're not alone. Welcome to another episode of Hindsight the Podcast with Lee and Eric. Hey everybody, welcome to Hindsight, the podcast with Eric and Lee. Today we have a very special guest, Lisa Vereen, retired Army veteran who now is working for the Dallas Independent School District and also plays a role in the JROTC programs. So Lisa, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, Lisa. Hey, what's going on, Lee? (laughs) There's the energy. There it is. What's going on? What's going on? Long time. I know, I know. Long time. Well, not too long. <laughs> well, a long time since I've seen you, so let's put it like that. Yeah. Like, what, four years? Yeah. I know Something Deb, like that. I know Deb's seen you, but I haven't seen you in a while. So thank you so much for coming on Hindsight, the podcast. And, and like Eric and I and many others, you know, of our audience out there, you are military, retired, and, you know, we just want to talk about, you know, those experiences you had in the military, positive, negative. However, right, and then also you transitioning from the military to the civilian sector and how that whole process was and where you're where you're at now in in your life. So thank you once again for coming on and uh, just tell us a little bit about your military background. Okay, well, I have been a, a military police officer for most of my career. The way that I came about joining the military was um, my brother joined before I did. So he pretty much talked me into uh, joining on the, the buddy, what is it called? The buddy The plan? buddy program. Yeah. So that that's pretty much how I, I came about to join and he made $100 off of me. But I'm glad he did <laughs> <laughs> because I, I have no regrets with uh, joining the military. Um, you know, you, so it was only $100 back then, huh? It was a hundred dollars. Dang! I know yeah. they're they doing like twelve hundred now, and it, it's it's like yeah, something crazy with thirty thousand dollar bonus or just yeah. well, I mean, crazy just, number. I mean, just a per. I mean, just a person who refers you to come in. Like mm-hmm. I know yeah. they do that, and it's like twelve hundred dollars. But anyway, go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. Yeah, he got me. For, he got me for a hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even split it with me. Come on now. <laughs> Are you serious? But you know what? Like I said, I have no complaints. Um. Because I wouldn't have met you and Debbie had I not been in the military. So Aww. everything happens for a reason, you know. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Um, but um, I, I was there for 22 years. So, and I, I still have no regrets. But um, I'm not going to say it was easy all the time. You know, um, the military is, isn't for everyone. You know, um, I've had my good times. I've had my bad times, absolutely. But I can honestly say that I had more good times than I did bad. So, if you look at it that way, you know, and you have to take everything, whether it's positive or negative, as as a lesson, right? Because right. you know it helps you grow and it and it and it takes you to the road that that molds you to be the person that you are today. So. I welcome positive and negative because at the end of the day, it's going to be positive because you're going to learn something from it. So that's just the way I look at life, though. Um, but 
during my time in the military, um, you never think that you're going to get out. So sometimes you kind of take it for granted. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be in the military for forever. So I don't really need to do anything else because you get comfortable. Right. You do. You just get comfortable and you never think, hey, I, I don't need to go to college while I'm here because I have free hot cot. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you have everything right there. So I don't have to, I, there's nothing else I have to do. Right. But, you know, um, I do appreciate having leaders in my life that actually push me along regardless, you know, to tell you, hey, you need to do this, 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 because you're not going to always be in the military. And mm -hmm. because I'm not going to lie, I took it for granted at, at some point, too, until, you know, the light bulb comes on. It's like, hey, you're not going to be here forever, you know, so you have to prepare yourself. So, and and I tried to do that as much as I possibly could. Um, you know, I I had second jobs while I was in the military where I had time. If I had time to, I would get a second job because I wanted to always be abreast of what was going on in the civilian sector as well. Because I wasn't going to be in the military forever. Um, and. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's one thing that I totally did not do. I mean, I, the only time I had another job while I was in the military was I worked at the shop at <laughs> on post, right? <laughs> and, and, what, and you probably really didn't have to uh, interview for it. <laughs> you just right? show up because you knew the person, right? They had exactly. A, right? <laughs> so that's, that's kind of common. And I guess that, uh, that can tie into something later on that Eric and I'll probably bring up about networking, right? So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I never, I never thought, I guess I took it for granted as well. Um, you definitely get into a, a comfortable setting in an uncomfortable, an uncomfortable environment being the military, right. right? But you get used to it. And yeah, in, in my experience, yeah, I just, I was focused on that. I wasn't thinking about interviews. I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. Um, so, all right. I'm right. Yeah. Just the day to day stuff. But right. so Lisa, there comes a point, I mean, you retired after 22 years, but, right. um, you know, after each enlistment, there comes that transition period, right? Am I going to get out? Am I going to reenlist? Um, you know, maybe after your first four years and then, you know, increments throughout your career. So can you uh, give us some, you know, a story of, of, you know, how you just extended and decided to, to push out and retire? Okay. Well, my first enlistment was for eight years. Wow. Eight years. Yes. Like my, my full eight years statutory time or contractual time, whatever they call it, was the, I did it right off the top. So I, when it was time for me to reenlist, I didn't owe any more time. So I could have just left him with a clean break and not owed any more time to the reserves or National Guard or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I decided to, to reenlist because I had prepared myself to leave the military. You know what I mean? So if it's working for you and it's right there, you just reenlist and you go with the flow. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, you just do. 
because like I said, a lot of times, you, you know, when you're in, you take it for granted. Yeah. It's like, and you put yourself in a position where, well, well I may as well reenlist because I didn't prepare myself to leave. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So naturally you're going to go with what's easier and you don't have to struggle because it's right there as opposed to just getting out unprepared and, and not knowing what to expect. So Lisa, you, you briefly talked about having a short stint or a couple of years as a career counselor, kind of walk mm-hmm. us through that. And, and what was it like to, to, you know, help soldiers or uh, help them transition? Well, I'm actually glad that I, um, did the three years as a career counselor because it it made me um, a more well-rounded soldier or an NCO rather. So that way with me being well-rounded, you know, I could actually talk to my troops that I would, that I had assigned to me about their opportunities and I could speak to them intelligently and have the background to actually walk them through what was available to them or what options they had as far as their military career or if they decided to, you know, clock out and go back into the civilian sector. So civilian sector was rough for a lot of um, the soldiers, young soldiers that came to me for their um, career counseling because they were like I was. They were Mm -hmm. not prepared. But at that point, I was able to direct them because it was from my own experience that I was able to tell them, hey, you should be doing this, 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 one, two, three. So that way, if you decide that you don't want to stay in, you're not forced to. Mm-hmm. As long as you know that you prepare yourself for what's outside of the military, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I appreciate it. The, the time that I spent as, as a career counselor. So what was the, what was one of the biggest takeaways uh, for you personally from that time as a career counselor? Actually, it was more, uh, it was more of a relaxing time to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> Seriously, because you got to connect with soldiers in a different aspect. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're in a line unit, you're so focused on a mission that you don't you don't take the time to actually sit down and talk to those soldiers like a career counselor would. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. You have a chance to develop, you know, uh, the next step in their career um, and really, you know, show them a different part of, of the military. Um, so <clears throat> I, I think it's very selfless. Did that lead into you uh, teaching in, in your career now? It made it made the teaching a lot easier, to be honest with you. It, it really did. Um, because with JROTC, you know, um, I was in the classroom for five years. So a lot of the, the training and the experience that I had as a career counselor, I was able to take that to the classroom as well. Because being a teacher, you're a counselor too. Mm-hmm. You are every day. And each one of those students takes a little piece of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if They just do. 
Uh, that is, if you care, then you're, each one of your students is going to take a little piece of you. So um, the career counseling actually prepared me for the JROTC program. It really, really did. So as a career counselor, when are you introduced to the soldiers that you're counseling? Like, in what part of their career? Is it when they're getting out? Is it when they're coming in? Or, like, when is that introduction? Well, for me, um, with the career counseling, when they're within a certain window for them to, to actually do their reenlistment, that's when I actually came into contact with them. They were already full in their careers, just trying to figure out which road they're going to go. That's where I came in at that point. And what's your message to them? Is it is you was your job to kind of uh, lead them back to reenlisting? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, retention was always first priority. Retention. Okay. okay. Always. Okay. Cool. And what was the biggest thing? So if they were if they were just hell bent on getting out, what what advice or what what script did they get for that? Well, the, the soldiers that were hell bent on getting out, I just pretty much tried to to pass on some of the experience that I had. Like I said, I always try to connect with the with the civilian sector. You know, whether it was working in retail. Uh, working for hotel hospitality, anything to make yourself more marketable if you decide to get out. Because it could be overwhelming when you get out and not have a plan. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. Even for someone that had a plan, it's overwhelming because you don't just automatically get that job. You have to go through the processes like everyone else. And we all know it's competitive in the civilian sector. Absolutely. Tell us about your transition plan, you know, specifically, um, you know, doing it with a family, uh, you know, going into your, your next career. What was that? What was that, you know, moment like leading up to it? Okay. Well, for me, um, when I lost my mother in 2012, prior to that, I, I had no thought of getting out at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But after I lost her, it was too hard. Um, I wasn't 100%. I couldn't give the military 100%. I could barely give my family 100% because it was just too much, because it was unexpected, you know? Um, so I lost her in 2012, and I retired in t- 2013 because it was too much. But it's just crazy the way that everything works because when I when I PCS or transferred to back to Texas from Fort Meade because Texas was going to be my last duty station. So what I did is I introduced myself to the director for Dallas ISD for JLTC, you know, just to let them know that who I was, make contact because you never know when you might need those contacts. So it's best to reach out, let them know who they who you are. And that's all I did. Um, well, out of the blue one day, the director called me. I was on my way to work, you know, at my unit. And he asked me when I was going to retire because a position was open. So I was just like, OK, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I was going through everything. I was I was just taken in the suck of losing my mother. So that sounded 
very attractive to me when he asked me that. And I, I basically said, when do you need me to retire? I just don't think that things happen for no reason. Everything happens for a reason. And that's the way I took it. When an opportunity presented itself, I did what I had to do because I took it as that was my, that was fate for me because of what I was going through. So I accepted the position. My retirement paperwork went through with no problem. And I walked right into the job. Wow, that's amazing. So for for some of our audience members that don't know what JROTC is, can you kind of explain what you're doing or, or what that what that's all about? Well, it's it's basically a program, it's a leadership program, and there are a lot of soldiers that that had the opportunity to uh, be a part of a JROTC program. Um at the high school that I attended, we didn't have that. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't offered to us, but um, it's basically like a leadership and professional development, and it teaches you life skills. I mean, you still have to do the, you know, the drilling ceremony, the marching, mm-hmm. you know, it, everything is, there's a curriculum where you teach them how to function as a soldier, because, it, you know, the, the way it's set up, it's like you have companies, and, it, and it's set up with the same concept of company leadership, brigade leadership. Italian leadership. So so those cadets are actually mirroring other military units. But we actually have a curriculum as well on the uh, when it comes to academics. So it's not just military or learning, you know, those guys learning how to march, how to how to stand in formation, things of that nature. There's actually we prepare them for college too, you know, because you're in an academic environment. So you have to have um accredited curriculum. So we go through an accreditation every year because it's academics. So (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? It's not just marching and things of that nature. And a lot of people um, don't understand that part of it. It's not just army stuff. It's in an educational environment. So they go hand in hand. Right. Lisa, you you touched on a key uh, a key topic that we like to echo and, and reiterate and emphasize, and that's the importance of networking. So you introduced yourself, and then you got a call, and then you accepted the position, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I like that's, that's yeah. like the epitome. That's like the perfect example of marketing uh, 101 and how it can work for you, right? But were you? Oh, absolutely. Right. Did you did you only introduce yourself there, or I know you I know you know a lot of people, right? In this yes. one, you you basically targeted an area where you maybe was thinking about uh, pursuing once you got out, and and it worked out. But did you target any other any other places, any other people? Um. Well, I actually I actually worked um for American Airlines part time. You know what I mean? Right. I, because I didn't know for sure which way I want to go. Um, I actually worked at a nursing home just to see what it was like because I didn't know which field I wanted to go into once I left the military. So I tried different things so that I would have some type of an idea of which route I wanted to go. And, and that, that 
two, <laughs> and I, I love how you're making this super easy, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. two is a great example of another thing we like to emphasize and talk about. So you spent your time in the military as a, the majority of the time as a military police officer. Mm-hmm. But you came out and you've done everything but that, right? So we try to emphasize a point that just because you've done a certain job in the military, it doesn't mean you have to just train. You can. I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can transition into that same field, but you don't have to. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Because there's plenty of soft skills that you learn just in growing up. And then a lot of you learn from the military. Right. Exactly. That, you can, that you can apply. Right. right. So, so what was the biggest like skills or soft skills that, that you learned in the military that kind of helped with what you're doing now? <laughs> well, definitely the leadership. You know, that goes a long way because, right. you know, and I know that most um, employers are looking for military because we're self-starters. You know, you give us a task, we move out and we do it. You know, so a lot of the um, employees are looking for that and we're dependable. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? It's it's we are. (laughs) That's just we're easy. Let me just put it that way. We're easy. It's easy for us to transition. It may be. Well, some people have it easier than others, but that's why you should always be working on improving yourself in areas that you may not be comfortable with. Because by you attacking, you know, areas that you're not comfortable with and making yourself stronger, that's just making yourself more marketable because you never know what they're going to be looking for. So you want to at least you you don't have to know everything, but know a little bit about a lot. Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? That's it. Because just like now, I'm in I was in the classroom for five years and it was great. I loved it. I enjoyed uh, being around the cadets and. And just giving myself to them, you know, to help them in every way that I could, because they genuinely knew that I genuinely cared. So that was a part that was, you know, it was hard when I left, because when you're actually around kids, it's it's, it's rewarding in itself when you see that you're helping them and you see and you actually see the results. It's it's so rewarding. But after being in the classroom for five years, I accepted a promotion at the district headquarters. But the job that I have, I'm a budget analyst. I work logistics. Those weren't my, that wasn't my job in the military. Right. But that's what I'm working at. That's what I'm doing. That's my job right now. Employers are are looking for those soft skills because ultimately they're going to teach you their Mm -hmm. business, right? And how to do things there. But they need someone who can learn and also be ready to run quickly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Gotta be so, teachable. Exactly. Exactly. How do you how do you like your new position? Oh I love it. I mean when I when I first started <laughs> because when you're in a classroom, you don't realize how hard you work. Because you you know what I mean you're just going with the flow because you're enjoying it, but you and you don't see just how much time you dedicate because I mean, when you're having fun, you don't you don't think about it, you know. But when I first took the position, it was I miss the kids, you know, um, because now I don't work with kids every day. 
the only time I'll, I'll see the cadets is if I have to go to their their uh, school to inspect them or something like that. Um, but it took me some getting used to from just working by myself or with my assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was kind of hard for me. Right. Because it made the days go by very slow. <laughs> because <laughs> when you're working with kids, there's always something special, something different. No day is the same. No day is the same when you're working with teenage students. <laughs> I mean, we're pushing past this pandemic. You're in Texas. Texas has been open for a little bit. Um, like, mm. in your position, what is the biggest thing that you learned over the last year? And uh, how have you adapted? Well, we had to work from home um, for quite a while. And for me, that was that was hard because to make your day go by, especially when you're working, it's good to have that connection, the human connection. Mm-hmm. When you're just alone having to do your work, I don't know, sometimes you you lose focus and you're like, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? That's how I start to feel. Seriously. Um, to where some days I would just go into the office. No one would be there, but me in the, in the whole building. But that's what I did for me to, to function, to help me get through it. You know, of course I would let my director know, Hey, I'm going in today. Just, you know, just for a sanity check, <laughs> you know, right. but that's, that's what I did. Um, because it was, it was, nobody expected it. And, you know, and I know that sometimes when you isolate, it messes with your mental. It just does. And I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, probably can attest to that. Maybe some oh, yeah. can't, but I can only speak for me, you know, mm-hmm. you can speak for Eric too, because Eric goes out to some place right around. <laughs> where, where, where you, he goes. What is it? What is it called, Eric? Talk. Where do you go? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You're yeah. trying to tell a story. No, but. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to tell a story. No, you go to that that uh, that place where they have cubicles and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The co-working connection. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, it. Like workspaces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just to just to have some water cooler talk. Some. Yeah. Like, can I have some human interaction? Yes. Like I need to exactly. leave my house that, right that, now. That connection. Right. You know, no, I, that's that's where I was at. I was like, okay, I'm about to go crazy. Hey, speaking of crazy, I don't know if you remember this, Lisa. I remember it's pretty funny to me. Do you remember when you first met me and me and Rob? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Do you, yes, do you really I remember do. the first time we we all talked? The very first moment. I can't. Because I can't remember that. It was, it was funny because, um, and this has nothing to do with transition. And this Did is I just, say something crazy? This is just water, water, what do you call it? Water cooler talk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm like, what did I say? Did I say something no, crazy? No, <laughs> no. Me and, me and Rob, we were, we were in uh, Rob's room and we were playing um, NBA Jam. And we were, we were talking crazy. You thought we were fighting. <laughs> and you were just walking down the hall. She was an MP at the time, right? This is when I first met her. And she was like, hey, I'm all right in here. <laughs> like, that was the very first time yeah, we met you. So I just wonder if you remember that. <laughs> Y'all all right in here? Yeah. I mean, what's it was, going on? It was, a little, it was a little crazy. Yeah, you guys were clowns, y'all. 
my god. Yeah. That we, was funny. We had a good time. But um You're always playing tricks. Yeah, we had a lot you know, the military does offer a lot of um good experiences and just like in in, in life, right? So if I wasn't in the military I'd have good times and bad times as well. And mm-hmm. some of the some of the better times was was there, right? So if you if you were um talking to someone right now, right, a good friend, good buddy, and they were getting mm-hmm. ready to transition out of the military, like what advice would you would you give them? I would tell them to consider JROTC. That's what I would do. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. It's it's a great gig. But I'm not just saying that because I did it. It really, really is. I I mean, yeah, um, there's, but there's definitely some added benefits to to be in JROTC, right? Some of your benefits mm-hmm. they they yes. transfer over. Yes, you. I mean, your pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't ever make less than what you were making on active duty for sure. Um, but yeah, I would definitely. I did recommend a- JROTC, but other than that, hmm? no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You did what? Go ahead. Um. No, no, no. What were you saying? No, I was just saying I had an op- uh, opportunity, but it never, it never worked out um, to work at a school system. I was going to do that as mm-hmm. well, but when they were asking, like I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess probably mentally or financially ready mm-hmm. to, to kind of disconnect from the military. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was codependent on it. You get what I'm saying? And so I didn't, re- I didn't understand. Like when you get out, like you still, you'll have benefits. You have this and, you know, even if you make a regular salary, like you're still going to be doing better than most. Right. After you retire. Oh, absolutely. So. Oh, um, yeah. So. But at the time, yeah, I just wasn't ready. But I, I, I definitely had the schools calling like, hey, when are you getting out uh, so we can, you know, get this going? And I believe it was JROTC. JROTC. That's kind of hard to say. <laughs> I believe it was JROTC, <laughs> but I know it was um, because they were like you had to you had to be able to pass a PT test and you had to be able to do all this. And so I'm I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was it was that military style schooling that uh, the JROTC programs that they have in these schools. So I missed out on that. I oh, really yeah. I really wanted to do it, uh, but I was too uh, full disclosure too scared to get out of the army at that time. Yeah. I mean, that's normal, though. Yeah. That's normal. But other than recommending the JROTC, um, I would definitely recommend that when, when you you know that you're you're getting out, go out, do interviews, whether you get the job or not, get the experience. So that way you'll know what to expect because it is overwhelming. But the better that you prepare yourself, the easier it'll get. Yeah, you know, because I'm telling you, I think a lot of a lot of uh, soldiers get out and they automatically think that because they were in the military, they're going to get that job. Mm-hmm. No, there's no guarantee. It's very, very competitive, very competitive. And you have to be able to compete, not just because you're a soldier, but you have to be able to compete with with civilian sector as well. Right. And it's, I'm telling you, when you know people. It makes it that much easier for you. Absolutely. When they can put a name with a face. You got to let people know who you are. Reach out. Hey, I'm interested. If something happens, something comes up, please call me. And that's what happened with me. The opportunity knocked, but it's because I initiated that contact. 
I'm so mad. Like, my transition wasn't bad, but mentally it was draining. Like, I was, you know, I had to put on a good face, but internally, like, my stomach was turning. Like, this didn't happen fast enough. (laughs) You know, but it did happen. It happened right on time, right? And it's funny how you say, you know, a lot of military people transitioning out think that they are going to get the job because they have military. But it's equally true that a lot of military people feel like their military skill set, it's like inferior to someone who's mm-hmm. already out in the civilian sector, right? And so, right. you know, that was me. So that's when you have that that insecurity about your own worth. And it's 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 weird. It's, it's, a, it's like either or. Like It's like you, you think you're going to get it because or you think you're not going to get that position because. Listening to mm-hmm. you and, and, and this hearing your experiences, you see, you know, get out there, initiate contact, you know, met, network, meet people and not with the intent of, hey, I'm how you doing? Um, I need a job. Right. But just to make those connections, you know what I'm right. saying? Just make yeah, those connections. You have to do that. And they'll remember you. Have you. To. They'll remember you. Seriously. Yeah. They, yeah, Exactly. Well, if you make a good impression, you may not think you. they do. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 You have that that little short commercial of yourself. Make it count. Absolutely. So we asked you a few questions. All right. So now you jump into our shoes. What if, if you were us, what would you what would we ask you? I don't know how to ask that question. If you was <laughs> us, what would <laughs> us ask you? <laughs> you are mad. What would Usses ask you? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little okay, bit. Let me so, see. Something we didn't ask. Just, just give give us a little something. You guys are you guys are pretty thorough though. Uh, there's, um, I'm sure there's something out there. I'm sure you got some secrets. You roll escape backwards off a cliff and landed perfectly near the ocean. Something crazy. I mean, oh. that's that's ridiculous, but. <laughs> Well, no, well, no. I, I mean, I have crazy, but let me tell you about this other one other thing that I do, and I, I just started doing it. Um, I'm actually a, a court appointed special advocate for foster kids. Yeah. Oh, wow. So how, how I volunteer. Long you been doing that? Yeah. How long you been doing that? Um, I, I did the training in February. Um, I did it in the evenings, and I got my first assignment, my first, you know, foster kid, um, this month actually. So I'm really excited about that because a lot of times um, the foster kids don't have anyone, you know what I mean? That, that That's advocating for them. Right. So that's where I come in. That, and I just want to applaud you and real it's a quick. Good feeling. And you, yeah, I just want to applaud you. It's a good feeling, but it's also a necessary thing that you're doing. And, uh, you know, that that can mean the world. And I'm sure it does mean the world for people, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Just to have an advocate for yeah. them, just to have someone there to talk to them. And I definitely applaud you for that. You said you volunteered? Yes. Amazing. Yes. I mean, yeah, you have to swear in. The judge has to swear you in and everything because, I mean, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? You Sometimes you may have to go to court. You know, you may have to face certain things that, you know, that could that that could harm the kids. So you have to put everything. Yeah. It always has to be, have their best interests at heart. We all have a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Um, and sometimes it takes some people longer to find out what their purpose is. But, um, I think that my purpose is, is to serve people in 
help, especially kids. So I'm just going to walk in my purpose the best that I can, you know? Right, right. A giver's heart. I love it. I'm not going to hold you to it, you know, that you live in Dallas. You're not a damn Cowboys fan, but <laughs> it has been That's really awesome. That's not going to awesome. ever happen. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, ever. Just, let's just put it on the table, Steelers. Go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Finish your statement. Killing me. Go Killing Steelers. Me. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just. Yeah, let, yeah, just finish that. <laughs> Bye. We out. No, uh, no, but it's been really amazing talking with you tonight. You know, really understanding you and and learning what your background is. But uh, you you had the opportunity and you were able to execute. Um, you know, helping soldiers along. You know, keeping them in the military your transition and, and establishing your career and now what you're doing uh with these foster kids is, is truly remarkable thank you i really appreciate that Absolutely. you gotta follow your heart though yeah 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 lisa thank you also for sharing your your story your journey and then you know hopefully if if, if you take anything out of this um not you but you know listeners if you take anything out of this uh, it's really the importance of networking. Now, it may not always happen that quickly or that easily, but, you know, expand your networks and, you know, have people, you know, you, you're an advocate for for your foster child, have people advocating for your career, you know, sometimes, right? That's because, right. right. Oh, I heard exactly. Lisa is coming out and she's interested in doing blah, 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 whatever it is, right? And you'll get that right. call. So, networking is... Probably one of the mo more important besides, you know, financial planning and all that other things. But to actually step out and, and go to that next career, whatever it may be, um, networking is the way to go. Because putting your resume on Monster.com and, and Indeed and all that, yeah, it may. But chances are if someone put it in Indeed and they know that person that's looking at the resumes, you go, who's mm -hmm. going to get called first? Who's going to get that first look, right? So, the human connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I would put out your information if someone wanted to uh, reach out to you about uh, some of the things that you do. So how, how could someone Nick, reach out to you? Um, well, you have my email, right? Especially if they're in the, ah, in the Dallas area. Yeah. We'll put your yes, LinkedIn profile and, and things like that because that sums up a lot of stuff that you're doing as well. But yeah, just, you know, you got a good story. You got a great story, actually. And, and I just feel that, you know, someone may, may hear this and may want to just reach out to you for some advice on certain things. And just want to give them that opportunity. Oh. All right, Lisa, well, it was good talking to you. And until next time, have yourself a blessed day and keep doing all the positive things that you're doing and bringing light and happiness to these kids' lives. Thank you. You guys have a good night. Hey, great meeting you. Have a great night. Bye-bye. It's great meeting you too, Eric. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hindsight the Podcast. We hope you got something out of it. While you're here, click on that subscribe button and never miss an episode. Also, leave a comment. Tell us what you like or didn't like or what you'd like to hear about in future episodes. And follow us on Instagram at hindsight underscore the underscore podcast and be the first to know about upcoming episodes or just to chat with Lee and Eric. We'll see you there.